Hello, and welcome to the Sussex County Teacher Edition of the Shift for Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Caputo, and this space has been created just for you as it promotes living with ease while facing challenges and tragedies with courage and resilience. Stress and anxiety levels in students have become a major issue in the classroom, and that's why I'm super excited you tuned in because this series is all about what teachers in the county of Sussex in the state of New Jersey are doing in the name of social and emotional learning. One of the things I've come to know about facing challenges and tragedies is that our kiddos are suffering greatly from them, and year after year, I witness these levels increasing. Students trust themselves less, they lack resiliency, as well as the ability to cope with minor disruptions. As the Sussex County Teacher of the Year for the 2019-2020 school year, it's become my mission to seek out those teachers in the county who are also implementing best practices of social and emotional learning, in particular, the practices of yoga and mindfulness in the classroom. These teachers are making tremendous shifts in the learning process for kids. And with the help of our Executive County Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Rosalie Lamont, and all the chief administrators in the county, I've been able to make some connections, hear some stories, and learn about the healthy goodness that's happening in our classrooms to help our kids of all ages, K through 12, build strong social and emotional character, which creates a solid foundation to confront the personal and academic challenges they're facing. Today I'm speaking with Pat Farris, who's the school nurse at the Lafayette Township School in Lafayette, New Jersey. Welcome, Pat. Thanks for speaking with me today and for sharing your work with our listeners. You're very welcome. So, Pat, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your role as a school nurse, and how that plays a part in social and emotional learning? Well, I'm, I'm the school nurse, like you said, at Lafayette Township School. Uh, we house grades pre-K to 8. We have approximately 200 students, and I've been a school nurse for 16 years there and a total of over 20. Um, so over the years, and especially in the last couple, um, you know, we see students all the time of different age groups, and it's really become clear that um, for whatever reasons, we're seeing a lot more kids that exhibit with increased somatic complaints, increased, um, you know, anxiety. And um, so it's something that, you know, I think we've really begun to become more aware of. Yeah, I've, I've seen the same thing on my end, and that's the whole reason for this, um, for this whole podcast series, because I'm trying to get to the root of what is the reason for all of this anxiety. Um, do you have any ideas what could be contributing to all of the anxiety that we're seeing in kids that's increasing year after year after year? Well, um, it's hard to pinpoint uh, one reason, but I think in general, society um, is just so busy. And, you know, uh, kids kids come in and it's hard for them to separate uh, from families a lot of time. They're worried about things going on at home. And um, it, 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 it's hard for them to verbalize their concerns, especially in, in the younger years. But I think that's where it's particularly important to address that so that they can, you know, seeing them from grades pre-K to 8, you have to catch them early on, even just 
kind of acknowledging that they may be anxious or trying to help and get them to deep breathe and and have some different ways of dealing with it. Yeah, I think at such an early age, they really they they know how they feel. They may be aware of how they feel, but they might not have the language for what to call it. I know that, you know, just having conversations with educators over the years, you wonder, you know, is it the overscheduling? Is it that they're getting at home? Is it the information that they're getting from school? You know, there's more and more demands on these students, just like there's more and more demands on educators each year. And then there's technology, and we live in a violent culture, you know? So it's just, like you say, it really is hard to pinpoint everything. But I know from um, speaking to you, you shared so many neat things that are happening in your school, and I'm just so happy for you to share some of those things with our listeners today. So what's one of the things that you'd like to share with us today that the listeners can um, maybe take and, and make happen in their districts? Well, I, I think for me, one of the uh, main ways to take all of the elements of wellness and health and, and see how it's changed over the years is um, through a wellness, our wellness committee. Uh, even though I've been there about 16 years, about 15 years ago, uh, we started a wellness committee for the school, and the emphasis at that point was on nutrition, because nutrition month was every March, and... Um, so that's how we started it. In fact, I believe in the beginning it was called the Nutrition Committee. And over the years, we've been very successful in polishing up our nutrition policies, implementing the activities during March, which is Nutrition Month, working collaboratively with our cafeteria workers, PTO, etc. We've had health fairs, family nights, etc. And the staff, working with the staff, in the beginning they were really not for it, and they thought it was all kind of crazy, um, we all like our food, but they became more on board each year, and, um, you know, we helped introduce different components of nutrition into the curriculum. Uh, the nutrition committee was on board for about five years. It evolved into an overall wellness. Um, from nutrition, we went into activity. We had a family activity night. And that kind of didn't totally overtake it. It was just a new focus. Um, we emphasized the need to be active as a family without the emphasis on scheduled sports. We also started in May's um, of each year with advocating screen-free time. Our staff participated in the Biggest Loser weight challenge contest and the winners would donate to their favorite chari charity with our small admissions um, to be part of this ch challenge. With a, with a grant we received equipment for stretching, videos, mats, etc. And um, so staff could exercise, do yoga or whatever they wished to do after school. So this not only helped individuals with their own wellness, but helped us become closer as a staff as well. Um, and then now, over the last couple of years, we've seen this um, a third shift, and this is the social-emotional, um, which has always been part of it. I think every one of those are interlocking, and they determine the overall health of someone. Um, so from nutrition to physical and now to social-emotional, um, and that also happens to be our district theme for this year and, you know, the focus that we've all been, um, you know, working on. Uh, over the last couple of years, I, I personally have seen, like we discussed earlier, an alarmingly increasing amount of young students 
with possible anxiety symptoms, the frequent flyers, the frequently absent, the frequently symptomatic or somatic often have underlying anxiety, and it does take time to weed out, but it's becoming more obvious. Two years ago, our school hosted a session on the film Angst. We had a great turnout from staff and parents throughout the county and had a panel of doctors, child psychologists, school nurses, and social worker speak about anxiety and other mental health issues and trying to break through that stigma. And I think, you know, that was just kind of the start of it. And I think um, now with this whole COVID-19, even though there's been kind of a break in everything this year, I think it's really, you know, important that we continue with with all this as we continue after. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I, I love how flexible the committee is that it started off as a nutrition committee for five years and then morphed into a more broader wellness committee. You just continued to shift as your district saw need for change. You just embraced all those changes and kept um, meeting all the needs of your students. That's just so commendable. How, and, and with that, I can see um, a lot of districts, I think, now are turning to wellness as their themes for the year. And if there were any other districts that were interested in doing this in their school, I know, I'm wondering if you can share any other um, resources that they may need. I know that you mentioned lots of stakeholders. You had cafeteria workers and the staff and the PTO. You mentioned school social workers and school psychologists and yourself as the school nurse. And then there's also that financial component. Where does all that money come from to allow these activities to happen? And you talked about grant writing. Is there anything else that you would recommend um, to listeners to help get a committee like this off the ground? Well, yeah, all those are important elements that you just mentioned. Um, you know, when I did, uh, there were a couple of years that there were grants, uh, I don't know if they're available anymore, but through Atlantic uh, Healthy Schools, um, you know, the hospitals. Uh, but I think another key part of that is, is, in identifying parents, kind of reaching out to the parents. Like every year, um, you know, we have pre-K to 8, so they're with us for, um, the parents are with us for several years, but their ability to help, whether they're going back to work, whether what age their kid's at, varies. And, you know, throughout the years, I've had parents, some who were, um, very, you know, they, they might have been personal trainers, they helped get people for these uh, family nights. They were able to, to get us um, snacks. You know, they were able to help out healthy snacks, come into the school and do these programs during lunch. So a lot really depends on, you kind of have to assess that almost yearly, um, who is going to be, you know, right in the beginning of the year, make sure that you have you know, a core group of people that can help out in all these different areas. And if you can't, like, you know, there have been some years, I'm not going to lie, like where we don't have everybody that can come to all the meetings. And I kind of, 
I still have a meeting, but I will talk to people individually. You know, you just you keep it going, regardless of whether everybody comes or not, you know, and you just keep getting the information out. We have a weekly Tiger Talk, which is our newsletter, our weekly newsletter, and I try to put out information about um, monthly health issues which is all part of wellness, too. And, um, you know, we do morning announcements with the kids. So if you keep getting the same information out consistently every year, I think it just becomes more of a way of life. Like, I can't begin to tell you the change in our staff, like the fact that they exercised together from the first year that I was there, thinking it was all kind of silly. <laughs> so there really has been a, a shift in, um, in their importance of it. And then when they believe in it, it just automatically kind of filters into the curriculum That's and fantastic. what they talk about with the kids. Yeah, you know, thank you so much for being honest about the reality of what it takes to keep a committee like this going. Because, yeah, there are going to be some months or some weeks where it's quiet or nobody's able to attend, but the important lesson there is to just keep going and find other ways that you can keep everyone updated, like with your Tiger Talk newsletters. And um, so thank you so much for that. Were there any hiccups along the way that listeners can look out for other than um, possible, you know, po the possibility of just having some uh, very quiet weeks or quiet months where no one's able to contribute anything? Is there anything else that people should look out for if they're trying to uh, create a, a wellness committee, a successful wellness committee in their district? Um, actually, I kind of jumped a little ahead of myself. That probably was the um, major hiccup. Okay. Um, th that, especially in the smaller schools, it may be hard, you know, to get that true sampling um, of people. But if you uh, come up with a plan in the beginning um, and then just, you know, try to go with it like this is the first year I will be honest with you that we've had yearly um first they were uh family health fairs and then we had family wellness nights and the kids loved it but this year um with everything going on it happened to be right in March it we didn't quite have um the interest, we postponed it, and then we never did have it. But this is probably the first year that that's happened. And, and next year, sometimes when you take a little break, I think it should, um, you know, come back really, really strong. Or we may have to, you know, do a different take on it. You're just, you know, reevaluating um, all the time. Yeah. Key, key words there. You know, keep it going. Keep it going. Don't give up. And just re continue to reevaluate. Mm -hmm. So it and, does, oh, the other thing yeah. I was going to say too is using the students. Um, one year we had two students that were um, diabetics, and by helping that, you know, we empowered them by uh, I allowed them because they were older to be part of. They we had an assembly and they actually ran it. They did a little play with my supervision, of course, and they were able to to talk to the whole school. Now, it wasn't about, um, you know, anxiety, but they were able to share, you know, what the illness did for them. And that created a lot of empathy. It, first of all, it empowered the, the, the two people that had the chronic illness, and it also um, helped the other students 
develop some empathy and respect that, you know. So I think those are, that's another way that you can kind of uh, use your community. Yeah, you know, I'm so impressed. Pat, you are super active. You are one super active school nurse. It's really very impressive. And I really love how the, the students and the staff um, really, I love how they're embracing it, how the kids love the activities. I love hearing about the staff working out together. What would you say your favorite part of the committee work is or has been so far? Um, honestly, for me, it, it's been about um, the evolution of it and kind of how it's changed and how it's uh, advanced and, and seeing the change, even though we Ultimately, we want to help the students. I think that you almost have to capture the staff first sure. so that they buy into it. And the change in, in them and, and how involved, you know, they just, it just happened. You know, it, it wasn't like anybody was forced to do anything. And, um, it, you know, it, it's really helped. And now, you know, like our child study team, um, person, uh, Barbara, she, she's going to be talking about the yoga because she's taught the younger, um, some of the younger grades that. So everybody really has taken their own um, piece of it and have incorporated our speech teacher. Has, she's the one that kind of asked about doing the screen-free um, program last May, and we were going to do that again this year, but obviously... People are yeah. using screens at home, not prepared yes. to be doing that. <laughs> but um, but that's just how people, you know, use use their talents to kind of come together and help out. That's wonderful. Where do you see this program going? Do you do you see room for growth? I, I think you do see a lot of room for growth. Do you have anything in your plans there for any big ideas of where it could go? Um. Well. I think as, like for me, um, I'm at a point in my career where within the next year or so, I may be retiring, but I think kind of shifting that baton so that the whole, you know, the whole staff sees it as something they want to continue with. I think it's really important that it continue based on the needs. And with this whole COVID-19, I really think this focus of social emotional and the anxiety that we've all endured from this mm -hmm. and and that are going to continue when we go back, I think that's going to be a major focus in it. And maybe all these family, you know, trying, I think this time period has allowed families probably to have more family time than they might want. But I think we're going to have to see where that's at next year and, yeah. and what may work, you know. But I think the social-emotional piece is really um going to be more important than ever and see what what it's like when you know when the kids come back and and um the whole mindfulness approach deep breathing you know um i i use that with kids that come in all the time and these may be things that all staff members may have to be um updated in yeah absolutely i think when we return whenever that date is we are going to really have to take a close look at all of, there's going to be a whole new list of issues that these kids are going to be coming to us with that are going to be needing to be addressed. And I think that um, with everything that your wellness committee has already done up to this point, I think they're going to be set and ready to go to move forward with that. 
Pat, it has been such a pleasure speaking to you. My gosh, it's such a wealth of great information. And so I'm so excited to post all of the different things that you shared with us in the show notes on the Shift for Wellness website. Are you willing to share your contact information with the listeners so anyone with further questions can reach out to you? Absolutely. Okay, great. So um, what I can do is I'll, I'll just have you rather, I think sometimes when we speak it, on the podcast, it can get a little muffled. So I'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll type that on the show notes as well so people can head on over to the website and get that information from you. Okay. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us, Pat, that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about? Um, you think you covered everything you wanted to share with our listeners? I did. I, I'm looking um, in everything... That I had written. I think somehow, some way, it was all said. All right, great, great, Pat. Thank you so much for this. I am just okay, so grateful for your you. time. Thank you for um, gathering all this information. I think it's great, you know, information to go out to all the schools. You're very welcome. Take care. Okay, thank you. The simple shift share today for establishing and maintaining a successful wellness committee is to keep going. Don't give up and continue to flow with the social and emotional needs of the students and staff as they present themselves. Having a diverse group of community members is essential, and some monthly planning meetings are going to be more successful than others. Some activities will be better received by the kids than others. Just keep going. Keep doing it. Be curious about what didn't work and why, and see how it can be changed for next time. I would like to thank Superintendent and Principal of the Lafayette Township School District, Jennifer Chenatiempo, for allowing me to highlight her district and for supporting the implementation of best practices in social and emotional learning. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank Pat Farris again, school nurse at the Lafayette Township School District in Sussex County, New Jersey, for making herself available during a time that has proven to be very overwhelming to school educators all over the world, and also for sharing such inspirational information about her work with the school's very conscientiously established wellness committee. Keep the excitement going, folks, and continue to listen in here to other interviews from teachers in Sussex County who share their social and emotional learning practices in the classroom. To access the resources Pat shared with us today and to contact Pat directly, log into the Shift for Wellness website at shiftforwellness.com slash 46. And remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about being easy with the practice. <laughs>